Welcome to Brain Machine Network. Dot com. Oh, what's up? Welcome to episode two of Help from a Hypocrite, baby. Now, this episode is with one of my best goddamn friends, Martin Urbano. Now, he sits across from me at the table. We're joking. We're joshing. We're shooting the shit. We're having a good time. But at the same exact time, we're also getting to the heart of the topics that we're talking about. We're getting to the meat of it, baby. Past the marbling of the fat, we get to the core. And, and you know, what else can you ask for when you hang out with a friend? You have a couple of laughs, and maybe you walk away learning a thing or two about the world, something, maybe even yourself. What more can you ask for? I'm very grateful that my buddy Martin came through. Uh, this is a very fun episode. I had a blast listening back to it. And I hope you guys enjoy as well. Welcome to Help from a Hypocrite. Hello, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Help from a Hypocrite. This is Joey Dardano. I talked about myself in the third person right off the bat. Who I got with me this week? Oh boy, oh geez, oh golly! A uh, very good friend of mine. Give it up for Martin Urbano. Thanks, man. All right, hey man, welcome to the studio. Welcome in. How you doing? I'm doing What's good. Up? How are you doing? I'm okay, man. I was just saying to get over here. I was scheduled at uh, at work till six, and I got out by saying I have bad IBS, which isn't a lie. And uh, I'm just wondering if I've ever been a hard worker in my life. What what time were you scheduled till? Till six. I should I should still be there. Like permanently. Uh, like when the day started, they said six o'clock, or when it got near, they were like, "Hey, can you stay till six? Oh, it was always twelve to six. I just straight up booked <laughs> this time. Right. Never looked at my work schedule. Okay. I, you gotcha. said five to six works late, and I was like, "Hell yeah!" And I looked at my work schedule. Like I'll figure that out when the time comes. I do that. I do that every week. If if I'm something like something comes up. If if I was in a job interview tomorrow and they said, "What's your greatest skill?" I'd say relying IBS. too much on other people and Shitting waiting real the bad. last <laughs> <laughs> That's one of my top things. Wait, uh, I was going to say something, but I forgot. Let's move on. Hell Enough yeah. Enough about your IBS. Enough. I'm over it. Enough. Just as much Don't as everyone else should anymore. be. Um, well, God damn it, man. What, uh, you know, what the fuck you got going on today? What did Nothing you do? Much. I accidentally slept in until 1.30. Uh, I meant to only sleep enough? until one. <laughs> That's been what I've been doing. Uh, when I'm un- when I'm unemployed, I-, I stay up way too late. Yeah, uh, play video games, watch TV, really just chill. Thanks, man. Mm-hmm. Um, he just handed us some uh, coffee, Cheers. crystal meth. <laughs> <laughs> Look we're at gonna that. smoke on camera. Let's go, like Elon Musk <laughs> on Joe Rogan's podcast. For anyone uh, not watching the video, we just took the biggest fucking puff. <laughs> And I am, holy shit, seeing things I never have before. My dad hugging me. Um, <laughs> look at that. Good one, man. I, you know Good what? Shit. I keep, I keep uh, just ragging on my dad. Uh, but recently, whenever he sees a show on my Instagram story, he's like, is that one important? Should I come up? He's trying, oh, man. Wow, that's super nice. <laughs> he's actually, he's trying. That's really nice. I tell him no to every single one. I'm like, unless I know for a fact one's going to be... Really good. I he's not coming. Was he actively unsupportive for a while? Is that what you're saying? Uh no I mean 
Yeah, he would miss out on a lot of shit. He wouldn't. He wouldn't. What does miss out mean? Let's say growing up, if we had like a fucking baseball game, he wouldn't oh, go just because our gotcha. our mom would be there. Gotcha. Uh, if I had a comedy show, he wouldn't go if my mom was gonna be there. And that was like starting out, like when I'm like 15. And now, are they kind of on better terms, or is it still just like no? no. Uh, anim- animosity You'd think time there. would heal all, all wounds, but <laughs> you know that's a blanket statement that doesn't apply to a lot of things. Well, um, time. But here's the thing: time heals all wounds is vague enough. That it works because it's like, well, how how long is time? You know, forever. For time is time goes on forever. I hope so. You so know, maybe you know you have you have a kid and and that's what you know does it. I, look, I I watch movies, <laughs> so I know things. <laughs> but what okay? I've seen is that when you have a kid, that usually brings the family together. Look at that. If your relationship is falling apart, have a kid. Yeah, and throw that really a kid brings in the it. Or a grandkid. <laughs> Make you know. sure to have two. Fuck it. Fuck it. Stay together for the children. Um, I don't know, man. You know, they say time heals old wounds, but they don't talk about the scar tissue. Okay? They don't talk about what goes underneath the... Yeah, you know, I like to make them think. I like to, uh... My thing... Red Hot Chili Pepper song? Scar <laughs> tissue? Is that what you're talking about? That you wish you saw. I, um... <laughs> I love you know, Red Hot Chili Peppers. They're a good band. I went... When I saw them, though, they were straight up... <laughs> Where'd you see them? At the Super Bowl? <laughs> I paid, it was five, it was a $5,000 show, and they only played three songs, but boy, were they good. <laughs> uh, dude, I went to go see them at, there used to be a music festival, I think it went for two years, called The Meadows, that was in the parking lot of City Field. Not even on grass, just What's straight City up. Field? Asphalt. That's where the Mets play. Oh. And, Is uh, that where we went? That time? No, we went to the Yankees. Yankees, that's what I meant. That good thing. Oh, boy, I got <laughs> fired from that job. But the perks. I got <laughs> yeah. all the perks before, yeah, I forgot before about they that. laid that me off. That was fun. Thanks for inviting me to that, man. Dude, that was good. You know how you know how much those tickets cost on a normal basis? $3. Dude, those are like $150 each, ah, those tickets. I'll never guess. sit down there again. Yeah, of course not. Never sit down there. You don't there. have $150? You're, and if I do, you're ducking I, out of work early. You get paid hourly. I, I do get paid hourly. So they were okay. They're like, ah, fuck it. We yeah. can go that an hour. Yeah, I mean, three other people called out today, and then last minute, I'm oh, like, I have to poop shit. bad. So why did everybody call out for the Super Bowl That's or for I IBS? Think. I don't think everyone has it. I think oh, everyone has contagious. IBS? I'm giving everyone in my fucking <laughs> job IBS. Um, shit, man, I. <sighs> I've never keep this shit on track, man. I'm <laughs> I'm losing my mind. I'm never. I good. keep talking about IBS. I know I'm never good at uh, at hourly jobs, man. I've never been good. I have. I think the longest an hourly job has lasted me is nine months. And yeah, about the same for me. A year. Yeah, I did one for a year. Something Target good comes along. The Target cafe. Go. Whoa! Wait, in the ca- oh yeah, cafe, not Target the store. Cafe. Yeah, we talked about the popcorn the other day. Popcorn, hot yeah. dogs, pretzels. We had a little Pizza Hut Express. Yeah, what was the most disgusting thing you had to pipe out every day? Uh, <laughs> what? what was the most disgusting piece of food you had to prepare? It was all delicious. For I loved it. I loved it. Oh, like it's good. It tastes good. But you target, know, like have you ever been to the gets... Target Cafe? Yeah. Yeah. The popcorn's my favorite thing. Popcorn's great. Have you had a hot dog from there? No, I'm kind of weary of hot dogs from random people. Not, I mean, did you, you have know. a bad experience? A bad Let's memory? say, uh, I it's not specific. I just I do have IBS, so if I if I eat oh any yeah, hot dog, I don't know if I've mentioned it at all before, but <laughs> no matter what I eat, I get really bad diarrhea. Um, and this podcast is about IBS? it's about diarrhea. It's about IBS. <laughs> it's um, I actually just make people sit across from me while I talk about how hard it is, <laughs> and then I thank you for your time. That's not too bad. Spinoff podcast. 
Yeah. An IBS cast. And you just talk, tell, ask people about <laughs> shitting. And you could have on like uh, like a doctor, uh, you know, a shit doctor. What, what would you call it? A, a shit doctor. doctor. <laughs> um, no. <laughs> that's not it. Uh, mm. Endocrinologist? No, that's like, I think. That's actually penis. it, I believe. Right? No, or, or, no, that's or a penologist. Penile? Uro- urologist, that's, yeah. Urologist is for your urethra? Have a doctor who talks about shit on. Have, you try to like be have your goal be to get the squatty potty inventor on, and then just have like comedians mm. on telling stories about when they uh, used to shit themselves and like what the last time they remember shitting yeah. themselves or like. I'm just saying, spinoff podcast, Patreon only, I, <laughs> exclusive. I would personally, I don't know if I'd be proud of being the person. Yeah, I pay thirty dollars a month, and for one hour a week, I get to hear people just talk about diarrhea they had in truck stops. I um, I, I went on a date with funny. Sophia once to go see. The movie Poop Talk. You ever heard of that? <laughs> what? We had Movie Pass, and we were. Is that going, really a movie? It was really a movie called. I thought Poop. you were doing some horrible bit. Horrible, it's a real... funny, <laughs> stupid bit. Uh, dude, it was a movie called Poop Talk, and it was a bunch of comedians talking about terrible poop stories. Oh. And it was an hour and twenty minutes long, and about twenty minutes in, we were like, "Got it, <laughs> I get it." <laughs> and uh, but horrible we... movie idea. Unbelievable podcast. <laughs> idea, but. I uh, but my movie pass wasn't working. Sophia got a ticket, and I paid fifteen dollars <laughs> to go see that movie. And I, I don't think I've ever regretted paying money to see a movie Who's as in much it? as I was. Oh, I remember Camille Nanjiani pre pre uh, abs. Oh, uh, and I think literally almost every other comic I could think of. There was uh, like, Bill Cosby. Bill Cosby, right before the case. Right before the case, he said, well, one day. I'm not going to do, do it. Impression. Do it. Like, don't do it. <laughs> don't do it. Oh, my God. I, think I can't the worst believe you're actually going to do it. I was just it. about, I was ramping up. I was getting the mouth ready. When you were, like, what was your friend group when you were in high school? Were you kind of like, like, I was, I always hung out with, question? like, the older you know kids. I didn't have any. You know? <laughs> Did you? Do you <laughs> well, everyone, even if I you floated. didn't have any, you had some. Yeah, I was a floater, man. You're I had, uh, I floated for years, and then I had, um... Junior year, I fell in with the seniors, like all the senior theater people, and then exactly that's yeah, that's what happened with me. Yeah, you, you ha- kind of hang out with the older kids. And did you would they like peer pressure you into doing stuff? Because you seem like if yeah. they said, "Hey Joey, go fucking jump off this bridge," you'd be like, "I did jump off right. of one bridge." Oh, you know, and you do like some silly yeah. bit about it. And you j- did you really jump? off I a did. Bridge? It was uh, the Boynton Inlet. Absolutely fell into water that was way too deep and way too far, and I don't know how to swim well. Oh, my God. Um, but there's a photo of die? me doing it, and it looked good. Yeah, this is actually Joey 2.0, <laughs> um, and he's less uh, succumbing to peer pressure. And why did you do it? I really wanted them to like me. Exactly. You know what I've, you know what I've a, really exactly solidified what in my life? On. I've really solidified being the guy who goes, ah, no one's going to do that. <laughs> Joey would do that, and I've really like solidified my plate. I mean, if you want me to just go, I mean, growing up, if you're, you know, go in the middle of the dance floor, rip your pants, and you know, just dance like an idiot, jump and off. How of old this. are you when? when Twenty seven. <laughs> <laughs> I failed high school five times. I mean, I'm like eighteen, man. Yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm old enough to just know what I'm doing. You really do. You're acting out to keep friends. You know. I don't know. It was always my thing, just being loud and obnoxious. And then the teachers would like me because I'd sit in their office and be real, and they'd go, where's this during class? Because <laughs> you'd get in trouble? Or yeah, just cause man. You'd show, yeah. Yeah. All the theater teachers would forgive me a yeah. lot. 
because work would show, but then like they'd be like, "You leave to the bathroom for an hour." Ideas. What are you doing? And they'd see me. Yeah, but they'd literally see me like walking around the hallways, just hanging out with people, and just say, "I didn't make it," so I just wanted to walk <laughs> just, it off, walk it off, dry the off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can't bring this right back into the room. Uh, I don't know, man. Is that my what it was like for teacher, you? My not well. I hung out with people, but uh, like older kids and stuff. But I was very quiet. I was very shy. I am very shy. I'm a shy person. That so reads. I, um, I, I would just have like one little quip every so often, you know, like yeah. everybody would be talking and then I'd kind of jump in, say my funny line. It would get a good laugh. And then I'd go back to being quiet and just listening and laughing is kind of I what's got a better me move far- in, 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 but then it made me, but now that I've gotten older and I've got, I've now that I've gotten to the point where people are expecting me to talk like, yeah. You know, on hour-long podcasts, per I'm se, sorry. <laughs> it makes it it makes it harder to. It, it was hard to transition into being like, oh, I used to just be quiet and silent and not say anything, and now to yeah. be like, oh, I have to kind of express uh, my feelings and emotions and thoughts, yeah. to other human beings. But when you're not doing shit like this, you're usually chilling. You're working at home, or you're fucking. You like alone time. I'm a big alone time person. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, you know, I like I like my personal space. I like compartmentalizing yeah. things into uh, you know when I'm when I'm on stage, it's so w- what a weird thing that I'm able to be like well it's like work and that's why everybody's paying attention to me and then yeah. even though I'm kind of still at the venue I'm kind of like part it's still part of the show a little bit they have to play the role um, you know if like an audience member like comes up you know I'm gonna kind of be I want to be fun and funny for them yeah um, but if I'm I don't know. If I bump into another comedian on the street, I get so like anxious and uncomfortable. Yeah, do you feel like you have to be like funny or entertaining in that moment? I don't feel like that. I feel like I have to uh make sure that I don't say anything wrong, which is maybe dumb, but like I don't want to say anything that would either hurt someone's feelings or I get like, exactly what you're saying. Um like I don't I just don't want to come off like a dick or anything. And yeah. then I think maybe because of that, it shuts me back down to being quiet and shy. And I think maybe that reads like I'm being a dick, and so yeah. that's kind of what I'm what I'm dealing with. And but you seem to get along with people so well in a very uh, particular way of being, yeah. uh, you know, of being kind of like loud and fun and like make, make making people feel comfortable in that way. I mean, it's like why I like yeah. hanging out with you. I mean, the know? the the older I get, the more I learn that I've really just been like, you know, I thought that was my personality for a really long time. What? I really like just like the loud, abrasive, like fun guy. But like in reality, when I'm not around people, I ju- I fucking I love it. I love not being around. And when I'm at a party, my favorite thing is not being in like I, I don't go to clubs. But yesterday we have a friend, Harkness, who DJs at this like really cool club. And Sophia and I saw a play. We went to it yesterday, uh, this club that he was DJing at. And instead of being a like play? in the club, oh, we went to go see uh, uh, a play called Frankenstein. And it was I. I fell asleep for like twenty minutes Whoa. of it. I Why'd did, you go? but it was really good. Uh, we got eight dollar tickets, and so we went. And they're How usually like sixty five. Oh, okay, so, so we ten, went ten bucks. Yeah, <laughs> it like, was. I gotta get this deal. You know, it's like sixteen. I know sometimes I go to things because I'm like, I, I didn't want to go, but I got the tickets for twenty dollars. You can't, you can't beat that. <laughs> That's insane. 
But so you were at this party. We we went we went to the club. We were like, because uh, he DJs, he gets you're free at the drink club tickets. In New York City, Saturday night. You know, and you know the DJ. There's a couch cool, outside. Do you ever think about how time. cool that feels? You know, it does feel cool. Like, I mean, we walk up, we say hello. He gives us each two drink tickets, and drinks there were eighteen dollars each. I mean, for like gin and soda, eighteen dollars. Like this place is so fucking expensive. And you also, like, can't get in unless you, like, know people. It's like, I went there with my cousins from Miami two years ago when they visited. And they had an inn, and we still almost didn't get in until that inn called the door guy to let us in. And what's this place called? It's called The Blonde. The Blonde? Yeah. And where's it at? Uh, 11 Howard Street. Uh, Brooklyn? No, it's in Manhattan. It's, it's in like Manhattan. it's like it's like right before Howard Street. Yeah, I think it's like near Chinatown. I don't know. We we had a walk there from a certain point, um, but we, you know, you're like in the middle of the club. You'd think like you'd think this is supposed to be like a big fun thing. Sophia sees me out with like all my other friends, and I'm like very loud. And then when we're just like alone, I I don't consider that alone time, but I feel like I'm allowed to be comfortable around Sophia. Like I don't have to be like the loud. You know, I mean, that was a huge thing with uh, like me and Kelsey. It was like she wanted like she was like, when we're together, you see that as alone time. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Where I don't know. Uh, I I almost got kind of personal like you were doing. And I regretted it. So I (laughs) I turned it. I turned it around. We got real serious. there, talking real things for a while. And then I almost got I realized that we were um, being recorded. <laughs> oh, <laughs> my heart only opens in private, yeah. and that makes sense, man. That makes sense. I mean, you know what? I've, I I always think it's more interesting when someone opens up and it's closing up. It's like, what are you hiding? I th- I think I I just like I want to have friends who aren't comedians and aren't in the same industry and stuff like that. And like, yeah, I like having those circles of people also. Absolutely. So that way, when I go and I am being loud and silly and joking around i know yeah. that there's no like undertone of like okay gotta be careful what i say gotta keep yeah. thinking about you know i get to just actually let loose when i'm hanging out yeah. with with non-comedy friends there's the, and that to I me is like personal time yeah i don't do it often where i actually hang out with people who like aren't in the industry or whatever acting comedy whatever but like when like when we go to the movies like with jesus those mm-hmm. times, those are some my of my best favorite friend. times. Yeah, yeah, just my best because friend from back home. we would hang out or like get a beer afterwards or whatever, and you know you're just hanging. Mm-hmm. And I feel like for a while, like for my first couple of years living here, like going to college and like really trying to like hustle and make shit I mean, happen. That's how quick, it is. That's how anybody is. Yeah, that's how I, I feel I like was. every I mean... interaction had to mean something. Oh, that's unhealthy. It's so unhealthy. <laughs> it, it it got to the point where I mean, my my mom every time she'd see me or Facetime me or visit would be like, "You have to sleep," and I'd be like, "But oh. fucking, we I pay we pay so much money uh, for me to go to school here or live here." And then after the fact, it's like I pay so much money uh, just to like live. If I'm wow. living in New York, I need to be doing things all the time. And no, so like the other day, how long ago did you feel like that stopped? Like you kind of like had a it still happens. <laughs> it still fucking happens, dude. But it what happens. happened the other day? I mean, just like there was just there was this other day I stayed at home and like I played I bought the new South Park game. Uh it's not new, it's 2 years old, but I The Fractured Butthole. The Fractured Butthole. That's good. And I beat it, but like and it's like a solo game, I mean, so I'm not even online. I'm not even playing with my older my my little brother like on the microphone talking. It's like just me listening playing and that's like i'm zoning out yeah um but then i'm staying up late i'm staying up until like 2 30 in the morning playing that game so i'm the still fact that not... you think that's late 
is really funny because I told you that I didn't go <laughs> to sleep. Get up at one thirty. I didn't go to sleep until five a.m. last night. And well, I that's was fine desperately if I'm trying things. to go to sleep early. Wait, did you like? Did you do shit last night, or were you just no, home? I was playing fucking video games. I was Hell playing yeah. Hollow Knight. You ever you ever play Hollow Knight? No. Shit's cool. Was that on Switch? <laughs> you play it. I don't. <laughs> it is on Switch. I, it might be on other stuff too. But no, but there was just a favorite. big old sale on the Switch and Xbox, and I bought like a shit ton of games. Yeah. And I played Resident Evil 4 for the first time. Like, I just I got into that. video games. It's good. I it's, never played it before. Isn't it's awesome. 4 is the one that, like, made them famous? Like, the original one that was, like... Yeah, it was for PS3. It was huge. Everybody says it's the best one. Up until this new remake came out that's only available on motherfucking PS4. Fucking... I hate Not that. Not Nintendo Switch yet. I hate that. But it's also the video game equivalent of, like, Netflix and Hulu and shit. But instead of $10 a month... You have to buy a new four hundred dollar <laughs> console, and then yeah. the six sixty dollar game. Yeah, I don't know. That being said, you know Marvel Ultimate Alliance is only on the Switch. I don't know the that, new one. I don't know what that game is. It's, as much as I'm a huge Marvel fan, I, I don't play the the Marvel video games. Not until you because I'm this like one. it's kind of a video game already. The movies, yeah, it feels a little bit like a video game and a theme park ride all in a movie. Okay, Martin Scorsese. <laughs> That's what he said. He said it's like a roller coaster. It is. It is. But I argue that it's it is still cinema it but is, it, it, it is. Uh, something can be like a roller coaster and also be um you know explore human emotions in a way that maybe he can't understand because it's not uh he probably didn't see every it's single not movie. a mob boss that yeah. he's relating to he's just like um you know an older famous filmmaker it's like of course yeah but for me i'm like oh yeah i, I see myself 100 percent as captain america yeah and so like I am the raccoon. That's I'm Rocket right. Raccoon. You think you're Rocket? I think we have not only the same that. voice, but I think we are the same height. And um, do your best Rocket ra- Raccoon impression right now. Uh, okay. <laughs> um, Groot. We got no. That was a bad one. Shit. I want to watch a video now and make it okay. Uh, pause the podcast and I look up <laughs> fucking a video. I mean, Jay's Louise. He talks like this kind of. You know, that's kind of what his voice is. Yeah, Rocker Raccoon, yeah, he kind of talks bit. like that. It's basically just my voice, but with a little bit more from the back of my throat. It's Bradley Cooper. You know, it's, yeah, it's Bradley Cooper. That man is check. He went to the same college as me, and he's and he's like, and I had all the same teachers that he had. Once a <laughs> week, you'd hear a teacher just be like, "When I taught Bradley, you fuck." That's <laughs> one student out of like your thousands <laughs> is very successful. Um, God damn! One time, my mom visited, and he came and did a talk at the school. And, and the teacher or Bradley Cooper? Bradley Cooper. Okay. Now they just did a talk and go. I don't know if you guys remember, but I taught Bradley. <laughs> um, it was for his movie Burnt, which flopped. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was bad, man. You know when they're doing talks at their alma maters that uh, yeah. the movie's not not gonna do great. Yeah. You know what? The one mo- dude. Wait, I've talked to you about how like Steve Carell, Jim Carrey. Robin We've Williams, never talked before are... this podcast. I don't know why you're acting. It's like nice to meet you. <laughs> But those are like my those are Wait, my who's Steve Carell and, and who else? Uh, Jim Carrey, Robin Williams. I can see that. Those kinds of people are like my damn dude. Did you hear about Robin like, Williams? What happened? What? He's dead. <laughs> <laughs> how how genuine you were like? Wait, what? Like you what, missed what something? Happened? I thought you were about to tell me he came back. Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would have been so fucking psyched. Um. But that's the kind of work I want to do. And like my freshman year, they played Foxcatcher like at my school, and they did a talk afterwards. And I was like, "Holy!" Steve Carell's funniest movie. 
Yeah. <laughs> I've never seen laughs. it, actually, but I've seen His the, face looks I've seen fucked up in that movie. I know. It, I thought it was him doing, uh, like, the Nutty Professor, <laughs> like, Meet the Clumps. <laughs> like, he's like, oh, he's doing, like, a silly character, but I never saw it, so I don't know. Yeah. No, Channing he's... Tatum's in it, too. I know he's funny from the 21 Jump Street movies. Yeah. That movie was... So I, so I just assume it's a laugh-out-loud riot. It's great. Foxcatcher. <laughs> um, Foxcatcher. I hardly... No. Yeah. Look at us. That is how a joke is written. Um, I think this is a perfect time, a perfect transition. To end it? Yeah, man. Thanks for having me. I appreciate <laughs> it. An hour goes good. by way quick. Good. Um I want to get into your story, Martin. What this means uh-huh. is I want you to think uh-huh. in this moment. This is, uh, I have every guest think about a time. The reason it's called Help from a Hypocrite. I want you to think of a time where you thought you learned a really big life lesson, a big experience for you. This is something important. You walked away thinking, man, I'm going to take this into the rest of my life. And then you just keep fucking forgetting it. But if someone asks for the advice, you go, well, I learned this. You Hmm. know? That's a good question. Can you give me one of yours? Yeah, I, um, I, when I was... I always drove to Miami back home whenever uh, from West Palm to like go to auditions, and I would drive my mom's uh, minivan, and I would fucking text and drive. I would read articles and drive, <laughs> and uh, idiot. And I'm like 17, and um, and one time I looked up from the phone, and there was a car, and I'm going 80, a car as close to the wall than to me. If I didn't turn in like shit. that split second, I'd crash and probably be dead. Holy and I shit. swerved. I just immediately looked up. I dropped my phone and I turned, crossed all six lanes of traffic <laughs> four times. What four the fuck? Cars. It was, dude, it was like, I mean, God was watching. Someone was watching. Because they were, these cars kept stopping, like staggering, like, like like a cell phone signal. They, like, stopping in time for me to swerve across. And it took four <laughs> times for me to slow down. At the end, I'm still facing, like, this way instead of going, uh, like, I'm, like, I'm, like, perpendicular to the freeway. I look right at another guy who stopped right in front of me. He looks at me, gives me a thumbs up, <laughs> and I go, yeah. And I turned, and I did take time to choose the next song that played after that. Like I looked at my phone, <laughs> oh, and I tell shit. people not to text and drive, and I've still done it after that. I have still done it. So that's me saying, that's me giving advice, but owning up to how I don't fucking listen to it. That's a great story, but you don't drive anymore. So you I drive of... when I'm back home. Oh, when you, yeah. Yeah, and you text, and when you do that, yeah, my other my That's other thing, up, man. Don't do it, that it's shit. stupid, man. It's really fucking stupid. I can't think of a less like I can't. If I had a story like that, I would never even get behind the wheel of a car ever again. again. <laughs> and you're saying you don't even change the situation in which that happened. Yeah, see, I mean, I, I do know, it less, and I, I don't know people. if I have a story about a time where I learned a really big lesson and uh, refused to listen to it. Yeah. Um, Maybe it may not even maybe be that you fucking refuse. It just hasn't sunk in. Like you know how you can know something, but it just takes time to really sink in. Hmm. Like I've known for a while that I have to fucking get more sleep. But if someone hits me up at eleven o'clock and if I want to go see a movie at eleven thirty, I'll still fucking go, knowing I have work at nine a.m. I'll go. But I'll tell other people to take care of themselves because you know I'm a smart boy. Let's see if I can think of a... Okay. Well, like I said, I don't have one that I I don't follow anymore, but here is a story about... 
Okay, yeah, I feel good about this one. So whenever I was living in Denton, Texas, it was like it was a time period where I was kind of floating around Texas. And okay, so you're yawning. I'm gonna change up my story <laughs> um, because I just drank coffee. It happens every time that you yawn after you drink coffee. Yeah, man, that's not what coffee does. It's a. I'm trying to sleep after this. Anyway, so I uh, I was like doing it's it was early on in my comedy career. And I was doing jokes. You know, I was trying to be a shock comedian. That's like my, yeah. that's like where I started a little bit. Like at first it was like very Dimitri Martin, like wordplay stuff. But yeah. I was really into like offensive comedy and trying to be like cool guy. Um, so I would open with a rape joke. And nice. the punchline was, you know, and it was a, it was a good joke. <laughs> if, <I'm, laughs> if, I, if I can give myself that credit, it was like a joke that would get a laugh, which is why I put it up first yeah. as my opener, uh, where the punchline was more or less essentially the word rape, you know, like, but the yeah. set, oh my God, you should have heard the setup. I can't remember <laughs> it. I plead the fifth, but like, uh, it was, it was a, it was a joke that tastefully was really bad. But structurally, yeah. like, made sense why I put it up early. But anyway, one time I did a show. It was, like, it's a college town. So, like, that, it was a very small comedy scene. And I did a show. And I opened with that joke. And it went well. And I had a great set. And then afterwards, I got a message saying that, hey, there's this, like, one guy. One of the other comedians said that his friend, that she was there in the audience and heard that joke and was super upset by it. Like, really, it, it really uh, affected her. And I was, like, scared, you know, for a second. But then all the other comedians were like, yeah, you know, fuck that guy. Fuck her. That's a good joke. Yeah. It's a, a comedy is art. And I felt good about it. I felt like, um, you know, like, okay, yeah, yeah, you know, it's just it's just jokes. It's it's not anything. And um, so I kept doing that joke and, and things were going well. And just kind of looking back on it now, like where I'm at in my comedy now, if that happened to me after a show, like I would probably never say that joke again. Yeah. Like if somebody came had such a visceral reaction to one of my jokes and I was like, oh shit, I didn't even think about what those words could possibly mean. I just thought yeah. like, I just wanted to make the other comedians laugh. Now I don't do that at all. Um, and you know, what's funny is that I have, I had a different story that I almost said that I think is funnier, but, I'm not ready to own up to that one yet, which was along the way to where I am now. Uh, but that was like the first time I ever experienced something where everybody will defend me because, yeah. you know, freedom of speech, all that stuff. But it's like, why did what was why did I need to say that joke? I had to eventually stop doing it. Um, yeah. But did you feel like you were like, I mean, you wrote a joke. It was like it got laughs. It mm -hmm. was funny. And you're also like starting out. You were like, as a comic, I'm committing to the fact that this gets laughed. It laughs. It's funny. So I, I feel like I'm not committing to this if I give up on it. Yeah, but like, you know, to me, to me, the audience dictates what is, you know, the audience. You have to listen to the audience. And that's what all comedians huh? say anyway. You know, it's like, oh, if it gets laughs or if it doesn't get a laugh. Now, if it gets laughs, that's just like part of it. It's like, yeah. what are they interpreting from it is kind of where my mind's at now. Yeah. I actually used to. OK, here's here's another one. So a joke I used on, I opened up, and, and one of my go-to openers is the, when I say the, you say poor. Yeah. Kill the. Poor. And then I get to laugh, the audience is like, <laughs> the poor, fuck the poor, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that joke was a lot different before I moved to New York when I was living back in Texas. It used to be 
Jews. And as soon as I got to, it would kill in Texas. It would kill. It would yeah, be, yeah. People would love it. And as soon as I got to New York, I was like, oh, there's like Jewish people here. Like, what, what the <laughs> fuck are they think? Like, what would they think during that? During that opening joke. So I would yeah. just like open with that and bomb so hard I couldn't like recover from it. And I was just like, oh, I should maybe not say that. But I like the structure of it. Changing it to poor, I feel like, is a better joke. Yeah. Um, and just not hate speech, which is cool, yeah. <laughs> which is what I like. And then I got to use it on uh, as my opening joke on Kimmel. So yeah. I got it. I wouldn't have been able to get that other thing on national television on Disney owned no. ABC, but because I changed it and was like, okay, maybe there's a way to still get the same amount of laughs and then also not be like promoting um, Nazis. <laughs> so, but I just thought like, what's like, what is the most offensive thing I can get somebody to say? Like Bo Burnham is a joke very similar in a lot of ways in his special make happy yeah do you know which one i'm talking about by chance remind me it's like he's like um you know white people white people are all the same you know we we like the same things like peanut butter and jelly and then he's like uh we we like the same chips salt and vit and then the audience says it and then he like kind of plays with that uh (laughs) yeah i know i know you'll just do it um but yeah that that kind of is like that thing of what can you get the audience to say that's like a fucked up thing. Yeah. But also anybody looking. And you know what? Some and okay, maybe maybe this is fitting into the theme finally as I talk my wander my way through got, these stories. That. Is that when I was back in Austin and I did that joke, somebody came up to me and he was like, um, that's anti-Semitic. <laughs> and I was like, fuck you, no, it's not. He's like, I'm Jewish, that is anti-Semitic. And I was like, uh-uh, screw you. And then so yeah. I just kept doing it until I got to New York and had to experience it for myself. Um, but yeah. the thing is, like, that guy and then the other guy the first time with the with the with who had the friend who, who hated my, my rape joke, <laughs> um, both of those times, those comedians were not considered good comedians. And I was considered the good comedian. So yeah. I got to get away with whatever I wanted. Yeah. And because their protests were coming from bad, you know, quote unquote, bad comedians or, or just not popular people, um, it, had everybody had my back on it. Yeah. Everybody was like, we're on your side. And it was like kind of seeing that power. I was like, oh, shit. I, I want to I don't want to do that. Yeah. Mm, yeah. You think when you have like when you're in a position like that, you just you're going to get away with more things that like I could get away with so much stuff that i don't want to get away with because yeah. i'm like i think you could murder i uh, <laughs> well that brings me to another story <laughs> i used to open myself by murdering a person and then the pc police um yeah i don't know <laughs> you'd think it'd be the front row but no i like to surprise them um but no i get that man what where i think a lot of a lot of people get passes a lot of people get passes on shit that they get to talk about and and all that uh if they're not like if they're not on the come up if they're like if they're solidified they just get away with a lot more shit and um i it, think that's why you end up with like netflix specials that are like an hour long and you're like <laughs> you fucking work on this at all or is this <laughs> you open mic it oh i mean for sure not but like i also have no say in that you know it, it's kind of also uh it kind of reminds me of like during like the Me Too movement, you know, like Ugh. have you noticed that the unfunny comedians that. that people didn't like when there was an accusation about them, like people were like super on board. And then anytime yeah. that there was like a funny person with like multiple accusations that they were like, well, oh, let's come on. We don't know about that. You know, 
uh, it, it, yeah, if you're if you're funny, if you have the power, you can kind of get away with yeah. a lot of stuff. Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day from Movement. Whether your mom is into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried and true bestsellers, Movement has something she'll love. And right now, everything at Movement is up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale. A watch is a gift that celebrates all the time you spent with mom. And a Movement watch is even more than that. Movement uses industry-leading materials for their fresh modern watch designs, from technically complex ceramics to vintage-inspired style, all for an incredible value your wrist and wallet will both love. And with one-size-fits-all convenience and fast-free shipping and returns, it's a stress-free shopping experience. Save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with Movement. Get up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com. All right. I've talked up enough that I feel comfortable telling you the story of one of the worst moments I've ever felt in my comedy career. I'm fucking excited. So there's a show in Austin called... (laughs) Some something where the where the premise of the show was that you had that they were going to bring an audience member on stage, and you had to make them laugh, and they put like a big timer up behind them. Have I told you the story? Yeah. Oh shit. Okay. No, nah, I don't want to say it. They didn't hear it. I don't. I don't. I don't remember the specific <laughs> word you said actually. So I think I need you to okay say so, the specific word. You know, it's just trying to, and it's it was when I'm still trying to do shock comedy. You know, I'm sure I'm still using my the the anti-Semitic joke up top and stuff, and I. Uh, like I'm, I'm trying to be a shock comedian. How can I make this person laugh by saying the most offensive thing possible? It makes them think <laughs> that's insane. Yeah. So they bring this lady up. I have 30 seconds. Clock starts, and I'm like, okay, I have, I can, I thought of this really horrible joke where the punchline was more or less the N word. Yeah. And the N, it was heavily involved in the punchline, and I whispered it into. I had the wherewithal to whisper it. Which mm-hmm. I was like, at the very least, thank God I didn't just say it <laughs> yeah. to everybody and get fucking like you know, thrown out of there. But I whispered into her ear, just expecting like, okay, I'm about to get a big laugh, boom, move on to the next round. And she just like, I, I felt as soon as it left my lips, I was like, oh, I did the worst thing I've ever done. And she, she just kind of like looked, at, she, white lady, she was like, anybody who knows me knows that there is nothing I would find funny about that word and about that and then the host is just like well we have to hear what you said and I was just like no you do not you do not I fucked up like my face is just like burning red I just start like kind of like sweating and just like I'm like yeah. panicking and she gets up she goes back to her seat and the host is just like trying to recover and I go I see she sits next to her black friend Uh-oh. uh and just like I'm just like I'm why did I think that was like I, I I knew it was a horrible thing to set like I just felt it was the worst I'd ever felt in my entire comedy career and I just kind of like gritted my teeth through the rest of the show and then as soon as they were like all right that's all right and I was out into the parking lot and yeah. I had to like call up Kelsey and I was just like crying I was just like fucking I don't know what I'm doing like why wh- what the fuck am I um, yeah oh that that was one of those I fucked up my th- life moments. that is so that's when I feel like I really kind of learned um all of that yeah. about what is like offensive comedy and what it means and like 
you know, that person is always going to be like, so remember that racist comedian who yeah. you, we were at that comedy show in Austin, Texas, and thought God it would damn. be a good idea to say that? And so those those three moments, I feel like, yeah, when I was uh, making rape jokes, being racist, and being anti-Semitic, mm-hmm. those moments uh, have, have made me the... Uh, um, Man that you are today? Who I am today, basically. I mean... I think one of the worst <sighs> things about this is that we have to like grow in front of people always. Well, yeah, but you get to grow in anonymity. And then as long as you actually take those changes to heart and then move forward knowing that and being able to acknowledge it. Like I remember telling that story to people and them just being like, you should not say that story to anybody. And I was like, yeah, but to me, I feel like it's important to say it because I, it happened. Mm-hmm. It happened, and I was hugely affected by it. Yeah, and moving, f- I want to be able to move forward from it. Yeah, and so if I don't tell that story, if I don't talk about it, there are going to be. I mean, there. I don't know. Did I I want I want there to be a a way to kind of redeem yourself a little bit and to like kind of like be able to move forward from it. And by talking it out loud helps me own it. Yeah. And if that makes me look bad, well, I'm like, yeah, I was bad. It was I like, I think owning up it was, I was like, makes it better. I was like 20 years old. Uh, yeah. I was an idiot trying to be a shock comedian and I'm a- absolutely embarrassed by the way I acted and the way yeah. I was. Um, I don't, I don't uh, sign off. Like I don't approve of anything that I said prior to like, you know, three weeks ago, you know, like, I'm yeah. just like, I feel like I'm getting better. I learn a lot on. of things every day that make me feel like, like, dude, if I just watch like, uh, uh, not even just like a tape of me, if I just like read how I texted last week, I'm like, oh, you didn't show any compassion in that text. Like, you're, like, you're not <laughs> yeah. looking at this person like another person. Um, yeah. uh, I mean, since you were, since you were so open about those, I have, uh, I never was, uh, I never was a shot. Like I never, like that shock isn't like the main thing I ever did, but I did rely on it a lot uh, when I started out. Uh, when I was 15, when I, I used to do this joke, I have, I still have a speech impediment that comes up every once in a while if I'm not paying attention. And especially if I'm drunk where, um, instead of the letter R, I say W it also sometimes happens when I'm talking quick. So, while and it comes out on stage. Sometimes I'll be like, Willie, like uh, and make it up. Oh. Um, it just, I've like learned how to like take care of it. Um, and one of the first jokes I ever wrote. That used to kill in Florida, and I think it was funny because a young kid was saying it and didn't realize how big of a deal it was. Um, I used to say, and I think this is even worse because the the way I say it is like actionable, like I'm like verbing it. I say, uh, so I do have a, I don't remember the exact setup, but it's like I do have a uh, uh, speech impediment. It, I had kids used to make fun of me growing up. I say my R's like W, so in elementary school they'd make me say words like wabbit 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 and everyone would have a good laugh and make fun of me uh and maybe that's why no one took me seriously when i said i was going to wape them um did not have to say the full joke uh but i i uh yeah no i'm uh i i mean you know i'm ashamed of that joke so much it's so much i just got really hot saying that. <laughs> it just got really hot but i yeah. think it's like it's important to own up because i mean i already did in my in my uh uh normal life because 
where I learned the hard lesson, which is like you coming to New York and doing uh, the the joke that ended up being anti-Semitic, is me. The first week of college, there was a talent show where a bunch of people were doing uh, music and poetry. And I was like, no one's done comedy. I'll do five tight minutes. And I closed on that. Big laughs in the room. Oh. But the laughs were like, oh. Instead of like, ha ah, It's like the, oh, shit. Uh-huh. Um, and a bunch of people found out my name because I said, thank you, guys. I'm Joey Tartano. <laughs> <laughs> and um, those sleuths. Dude, I mean, like, I mean, like 27 Facebook messages the next day from a bunch of people I do not know who go to the college all telling me how the joke hurt them, affected oh, them, uh, offended Holy them. Holy shit. Um, how many times had you done that joke before, per, per se? I think if you really were to count them, like maybe like 15 And how time. did those 15 times prior go? They always went well. Always went well. They always right? went well. Right? They, they go well until they don't. Yeah. And and like this is this is really before, I mean, this is really before I think I learned how much Stand-up is different than, I think, movies and music and plays where you are really held accountable for what you say because at the end of the day, you got to choose what in that moment you said. So whether you're playing a character or you're not being yourself like 100%, um, well, that's I... still like, you know, those are words you chose to say. I think I think there's a level of accountability for all of any form of... Uh art or whatever the fuck oh yeah but i think stand-up is different in that it is only you Mm -hmm. and it's so immediate yeah so it feels like it's part of who you are like if you brought it up like recently i've been doing a lot of crowd work and making songs up on stage and like i've learned a lot about what i genuinely think is funny instead of things i prepared because i'm like oh this is how i am like if i'm making stuff up on the spot uh, and luckily, none of it's racist, but um, but like, just I don't know. What happened after those twenty-seven messages? Did, I, how, one, I was I. And where how, I really, were they? Where, I didn't was do it from? Was like it months. from um, mostly women, or was it from uh, mostly women? A, there's a, a there's a couple of guys, but it was mostly women. And it was the first week there, and like my mom just dropped me off, and I was like alone, Fuck, yeah. and I was like, I was, I was like, I am, I am so embarrassed to like show myself because with with music you get to like play your songs, and if they don't like your songs, you know, at least you made you made a cool sounding thing, you made a thing, you get to walk away. With, with... well, the thing is though, if they were singing about rape, also, I think they would have gotten uh, a, a musician could have yeah, also felt. But uh... come on, if the song sounds good, they're gonna yeah. get away with it. No, um, I mean, uh, aside from, yeah, that sounds. Hey, it's thanks different because I got to you know you go I go up in front of people I don't know, mad confident. I'm a comedian. And I and I'm still really relying on like on saying things that are fucking fucked up. Like to me, if I if I can remember what I thought at 18 when I said that joke was I thought it was funny mm-hmm. because I mean, if you know me, of course I would oh, that's never do that. That's but everyone's the, big thing. Yeah. I mean, I think it's mostly just like not knowing 
not thinking about other people mm-hmm. and only thinking about yourself. Yeah. Because, like, that's how I describe what I did with all of my fucked up jokes and yeah. messed up uh, jokes that I don't like. Um, yeah, I, I just wasn't thinking about other people's experience. I wasn't thinking about the audience. I was just thinking about, like, how do I make other comedians laugh? Because other comedians are just like me in that they just, um, you know, don't experience that stuff, which is yeah. also completely wrong. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Comedy's weird, man. It is. I mean, I, I, I have a... I had this n- new bit where it's like, where it's like me taking that into account and like learning. What if it's just, you say the same bit again? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> just like, I got this. I think I'm bringing it back. A new bit. Um, you know, when you look through old notebooks, <laughs> you find like, oh, that was a good one. Why, one, did, why one did I stop doing it? <laughs> um, I, I, it's a new joke about like family back home. They, I mean, some of them, they do use the N word still. They say it. Uh, Cause, but only, oh yeah. Cause only cause they're quoting my joke. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. They're like, you know that joke that you do that I really like you say. <laughs> um, but no, like I have yeah. to tell them each time mm-hmm. that I'm home, like fucking not to say it. And like the initial way I remember, like the the first time I like ever said this joke, it did kind of sound like I was going to say the word or like whatever. And I was like, oh, you have to like you know bring up the topic in a in a clear way, and then yeah, make, it, like really step. It by just step. makes you think more, and it's the longest it's, I've worked on a joke. It's harder work, um, but that's like this is the easiest job of all time to do comedy. Yeah. Maybe not of all time, but no. I wonder if anything would but, be easier. But no, it seems it's it's pretty fucking easy and pretty lax in what you have to do and like requirements and stuff that to do yeah. just an extra little bit of work, it's like, yeah, I'm gonna do that work. I want it but to the be work good. Feels like or, a lot of extra work when normally you, you just get to go up and fucking I mean, I guess, but I'd rather do that work and actually think about other people and kind of anticipate like, okay, what does this mean and how are people going to react to it than just say it out loud and then people get mad and that makes me feel horrible. And then I have one of two things, uh, either crumble or become, you know, somebody who's just like, well, fuck all of you then. I'm going to say whatever I want. And it's like, okay, so you only listen to the audience when you're in a venue where the audience doesn't care, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to play everywhere. Yeah. How how long did it take you to get out of the... Um, I, I don't know if you 100% went through this, but how long did it take you to get out of just trying to make comics laugh rather than like mostly the audience? You get, you get what I'm saying? I always try to make the audience laugh, but I really cared if the comics in the back laugh. I'm like, oh, that's a real joke then, you know? Right. Um, I always wanted to make everyone laugh. But when my audience is mostly comics, you know, because when you're first starting out, it's mostly just open mics and mostly just yeah. shitty shows where the audience is pretty much mostly just comedians hanging out. Um, so I was always just trying to make everybody laugh. So I think it tr- helped me transition better just as more regular people were in the audience and then me being like, OK, well, let me try to make them laugh. Yeah. yeah. Word. Word. Look at us, man. Look at us out here in the world. Do you think, usually talk about comedy a lot, or is it like usually about more personal experiences? Stuff? Uh, we usually talk about comedy, and then okay. we and then uh, what I like about this podcast is that I, I I like that people feel open and they get deep. I love that, man. Yeah, I love it. Trying. I mean, we open. should definitely cut out most of everything we just said, but yeah, yeah, yeah. What if I only left the parts where we <laughs> say bad things? Um, <clears throat> like specifically that really <laughs> fucked up thing you said earlier, and then we cut to you saying it. <laughs> um, I think this is a perfect time to get into audience questions. Okay, for sure. My only rule 
and I don't have many, <laughs> is uh, when you do give advice, you have to own up to how you yourself have not heeded that advice in the past. For example, okay. if I tell someone not to text and drive, I have to own up to how like I, I still sometimes fucking do it okay. when I'm driving. Um, because I think the worst thing is people giving advice and not owning up to how they also fucking fuck it up all the time. Um, here's one that I like. Uh, I should really start getting names and locations about where people are from. But hey, if you're listening, this is yours, baby. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I have a friend who keeps asking me to work for free since we're friends. Not understanding that I usually work for money. This takes away from opportunities. And if it were less frequent, they wouldn't be a problem. How do I tell him to cool it? First of all, I really want to know. What it sounds you, like a sex what, thing. What you do? <laughs> all I'm hearing is sex stuff. All I, you know, I can I can do it once a week. That's what I tell my girlfriend. I'm like, hey, I usually make money. To do this. <laughs> uh, no, um, start paping up. Um, this sounds like a creative thing. You know, you're obviously in the arts. Um, and I did. Uh, if this is taking away from opportunity, like, what do you do? What do you do? What are you a photographer? Because, for example, like in in I know for people who do like headshots and like people who shoot shows, they get asked a lot from friends, like, "Hey, can you just take a shot of me?" And they're like, "Well, mm-hmm. I usually I get paid like two hundred dollars right to do this. I you know it takes an hour. You want me to set up everything for you? I can I can imagine a friend doing that once, but if you're asking your friend to do that like every three months because you need a new headshot, you should pay up. Uh, yeah, I. I would just say, what's the question again? It's exactly let, let, is the question. Uh, what to tell them? Like, how, right? like yeah, like how, it says. It says, how do I tell him to cool it? Um, but uh, I guess the question is like, is like you know, this friend is asking. I'd for say this person to work. I'd say ask this, ask them that question, and <laughs> just be like, hey, so I got this friend, this like <laughs> fucking piece of shit friend. Make just keeps think. making me work for free, even though I work, you know, I yeah, get money. Be real fucking passive aggressive um, about it. <laughs> do you? <laughs> what do you think I should do? I think ask them. Um, but I've, I See, I have no qualms on either side of it, like either paying someone for their work or telling them, hey, I make money for this stuff now. Yeah. I mean, like a big thing, you know, you know, because... You know when you go back to see family and stuff, and they're like, "Oh, you do comedy. You're doing comedy tell me now. A joke so, right now. Yeah, tell me a joke." Now my whole thing is, I say, "Uh, pay me," and oh, then that's, that's been, and then that kind of saves me because what are they going to pay me? Yeah. And then if they pay me enough money, it's like, sure, I'll do. I'll <laughs> do a stuff for the right family. Now. Why not? Give me a hundred bucks. Or something. Yeah. Pull it all together, and I'll do a quick little set. Why not? No, I do the same thing. I, uh, I had, I've had friends and and roommates in the past who like. Since I am like that loud, funny person around people all the time, or like whatever, energetic. If even if I was just sitting down, they would be like, "Do that funny dance you did earlier. <laughs> <laughs> Do that funny fucking thing." And I, in the beginning, I'd be like, "This is why people want me around," and I and I do it. <laughs> I don't think you guys. Ugh. I don't think people people understand how hungry for connections children of divorce are. Um, <laughs> I mean, geez, Louise. Um, but I never said geez Louise before. That was the first time and I really like it. Um, and it fits like, I mean, I never explicitly said like, Hey man, that's real fucking annoying. But at one point I would just start going like, no, yeah, 
Say um, no. Just say no. Yeah. And if they get weird about it, fuck, fuck them. them. <laughs> but I would usually feel like, you know, that person being like, why are you being like weird to me now? Or like, why are you, you are, are, are things like uncomfortable? What did I do? It's like, no, it's not, it's not like a thing. You just, you don't have to like make it a thing. Just like if you fucking ask me to do these things, well, then I'm not going to do it. Yeah. I, I just, I have. I've gotten a lot better standing up for myself in that way, but I've also never been in a position where I could help people for, for, for free. Yeah, uh, I have no. Doing, I have no skills whatsoever I except comedy, and nobody's asking me like, "Hey, can you help me? You know, write a joke or do this?" Yeah, um, or just never reply to them. That's yeah, like a move. Like, Sorry, I was <laughs> that's busy. a move I've done. Somebody will like send me a message like, "Hey, can you do this thing?" And I'm like, "I know I can't," and I'm like, um, "No." <laughs> and they say, are you sure? How about this time? And then I never reply. Yeah. So maybe I'm passive aggressive. But it's not even passive aggressive. It's just me getting anxious. Like, I don't want to. I, I understand that anxiety. Dude, like, I don't want to tell them no. I think a lot of but people. I, I've gotten better at telling them no. And then yeah. if they're persistent, then my anxiety kicks in. Whereas before, it used to just be anxiety immediately. Yeah. So I do understand that. But Are you only counting when people them. hit you up? Uh, through text or like email or like also like they asked you once in person and then they texted you as a follow up. Does that count as one of the times you're like, oh, this stresses me out. I'm not responding. It completely varies depending on how good of friends I am with them, like how much yeah. I've seen them recently, what I'm doing in my life, like how my anxiety levels fluctuate a lot in my own personal life. Yeah. Also, like sometimes I'm able to, I'm just like, yeah, I'll do anything. And other times I'm like, I can't do anything. Yeah. So you know, it's funny. I'll give a really good friend. Like, if I'm, like, asking for something or just even being, like, what are you doing tonight? Can you hang out? And it's, like, the morning. I'll give them until, like, 6 p.m. or, like, nighttime just like, until I'm, like, oh, they're fucking ignoring me. <laughs> like, I would, like, know if, yeah. if, if someone's, like, busy or not. And also, like, I'll see that someone texting me sometimes. Look at it. Go, I'm going to respond to that later. But now the notification is gone. So I don't yeah. have a text to read like i think i responded to it and then i'll go about my day and like never get back Let's, i have to give people that patience as one apple watch owner to another <laughs> we need do I, you uh this is fucked up what, ha what happens is i'll look at it and i'll be like oh that'll be something i reply to later and it's that exact thing of like yeah oh it's marked unread and i completely this forgot has actually turned taking my phone out from... yeah inconvenient it's made uh, me it's it's made using my phone like inconvenient yeah like my sister will text me like, "Hey, how come you never replied?" I'm like, "Oh shit, I swear, Fuck. I was, I swear, I was at dinner." Yeah, um, for eight anyways, hours. Anyway, so that's the whole it was a five course meal. And hey, check my watch. My, just what tell your about? friend. Just yeah. tell your friend to fucking cool it, or just start saying no, or or yeah. uh, even a nice. If you want to be even more nice, because you think this person, well, if they're like an asshole to you for saying no, that's not your fucking friend. Exactly. But, exactly. Um, and that's that's what I've gotten a lot better at doing. You know what? Now we're cutting down to the meat of it. Yeah. Whereas before I used to do everything to try to please people. Yeah. Um, and now I've gotten to the point of like, why am I doing that? I don't want to do that thing. If I say no and they're weird, that's kind of on them. Yeah. And you're being a dick. And I don't yeah, like like as long as I have to analyze myself, you know, of course, I think it's important to be like, well, am I being the dick? But in a situation like that, it's like, yeah. Yeah. Fuck them. Anyway. Hey, I think bottom line, just uh, flick off your fucking friend and tell them, uh, tell them yeah. to kick fucking rocks. Okay? <laughs> um, okay, this one. This one, I, I mean, okay, first of all, I feel like we actually touched on this like throughout the episode. Um, but as a performer, I've wanted to really let loose and Quit. stop. 
That's my advice. Just so fucking. Finishing. If you as stop a performer, now. you should quit. No, well, well, no. What is that? Uh, as a performer, I've wanted to really let loose and stop caring about whether I look cool or good. Before I go further, I think uh, if you care about looking cool, you're you know you already. That's a or whatever I to fit or whatever it is to fit the mold. Uh, what first steps can I take to letting loose and being myself? To letting loose and being myself. So this person is saying they do care about looking cool, but and like their looking. self is not cool. Well, I would here, assume so. If that's the question. Wait, Joey, is did you write this question? Help me. Is this, <laughs> is this a question from you? Um, no, it's not. Okay, but um, but that'd be really funny, <laughs> funny if it was. Well, so performer, I would assume comedy. From the idea of like looking cool and but wanting to be loose, that sounds yeah. very comedy related. So I'll kind of answer it more or less like I mean, also that. a lot of my followers, hey, are fucking comedians, you know now. what's cool, being yourself. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> how nah, that feel man. to say? Um, um, I, I thought it was. Funny, no, I think no, I, I think it was cool. I think, I think that actually is. Um, I mean, I've been told for years. Okay. Help from a hypocrite moment right there. I've had people for a very long time tell me to do music in my sets because mm-hmm. I sing all the time when I'm around people and I sing at parties and I do fucking whatever. I'm a musical theater trained guy. Yeah. I For two years, I was too scared to do it. Because you thought it would look not cool. I thought I, I, thought I would look like someone who like had an out. And then, like, like, oh, I couldn't do, quote unquote, regular comedy. So here, I have to do songs. Or, um, I felt like people hey, would look down at me. Quote unquote, was that quote from me? <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I, I just feel like people always fucking look down on it. I don't know why. Like, if I, someone whipped out a guitar on stage, unless they were Dimitri Martin, I'd be like, oh, this fucking guy with a guitar. But here's the thing: audience members love it. Here, here's actually, here's, here's. I think this is decent enough advice. Were you pointing at God? He's pointing up at God. <laughs> uh, uh, okay. I have a lot of similar feelings of like, oh, I want to make sure that I don't – I feel embarrassed to say stuff on stage – on try stuff on stage sometimes and I get in my head about it because I'm worried about what the mean people in the back are going to think. Yeah. And what's gotten me uh, – you know, what's helped me a lot is to change – who I'm performing for and why I'm performing and who I'm thinking about. Who's mm-hmm. my target audience? Who are the people I'm hanging out with that I can like bounce this idea off of? Because, you know, you want to perform and be with and surround yourself around people who do want to see you be yourself. So yeah. if you feel like you have to be this cool version and certain people aren't going to like this cool version or this not cool, this yourself version of yourself. Um, yeah, fuck them. Like, mo- like, try to change away. And I feel like I here's the hypocrite part is that I always have that negative voice in the back of my mind, yeah. being like, um, "Okay, people are gonna hate this. This sucks. This is bad." You know that kind of stuff. And I think a lot of it does come from mm-hmm. comedy and from trying to please a lot of other comedians who are um, mean, broken people. A yeah. lot of times, not everyone, but and that's the thing. Like, you just kind of like look and you find the cool people and the people who are actually like nice to you and you get along with in, in a very certain way instead of just like who would be necessarily, you know, or like, oh, hanging out with this person, if they like me, that would be great for my career. Or like, oh, I want to open it. And it's like, they are assholes. I maybe, yeah. they, maybe it would throw a little bit of accelerants onto the fire that is my career, but fuck them. Not worth yeah. it. I want to do my own thing. Um, I, wa- I don't want to focus, I don't want to worry about 
what those people are saying. Impressing um, everybody who matters to you one by one by one in every single yes. room. Because if, you're not going to please everybody, and there are going to be people that the only way to please them is by kind of like being not your, being shitty, being not yourself, being a yeah. certain specific way. And feeding um, them. Feeding, and, and, feeding the yeah. ego and, and whatever. If there's all, if you're doing, you know, shows that matter, or just like good shows, I think there's always going to be one person in that room who you're like, fuck, I need to look good in front of this fucking person. And kind of because it's a, a bit of a smaller community than, than you would than most think necessarily, even yeah. though it's like New York and stuff. But I had a point. I forgot it. <laughs> as I said, but real life. But uh, here's the thing. Like performing in different rooms. A big moment for me when I first moved to New York. And, and you know, people have been very nice. And if anybody's like listening to this and being like, oh, I don't know. But um i you're great uh but there 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 were a lot of times where i felt like okay this isn't exactly what i want and then um uh sally burtnick and brett davis had yeah. me on their show the macaulay culkin show which still happens nice. every so often and it, ha- it was at shays stadium which was like this like indie um yeah. like warehouse place have you ever been there no but i've heard a lot about yeah, it. yeah I, th- I believe it's closed down now it's but closed. that it was like maybe i was here for almost a year and they had me on that show and that's why i first saw like anna fabriga and you know brett and sally like they're they're great and um that was like huge for me to be like oh these are like weirdos like this is like this is more this is what i do i'm like the weirdo at the clubs but here i'm kind of like the clubby weirdo Mm -hmm. um and so kind of being like okay there are different audiences different stuff like i remember going to a show one time that kelsey was doing and it was mostly a storytelling show and but she was like the stand-up booked on it and everybody there was like so supportive and so nice and so cool it's like oh if you just find the pockets of shows and places where the audiences are more like you and more on your same page and more forgiving and not just like five angry comedians sitting in the back and then like one uh, uncomfortable couple in the front yeah that's going to be harder to like be yourself and like take the risks that are a little bit sillier not as cool yeah um but finding finding those places and and a big part of it is just like connecting with like cool people and usually cool people help foster cool rooms and and good vibes and all yes. that stuff. Yes, um, um, that's I, helped me a lot. I try my best, but I still do horrible shows all the time. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I feel uncomfortable. I um, but I do less of them now. Yeah, I, like you know I which ones to say no to. Kind of. Sometimes. Or not respond to. If anybody's listening, uh, I w- of course I say yes to you, and I, if I missed it, uh, <laughs> my I bad. Very much. But there have been times now that where I get booked by people, and I just like look on their profile, and I'm like, oh, they seem horrible, and so I just say no. Yeah. Like they seem like I would not want to hang out with them, and I I do have that luxury now a little bit more. Yeah. Um, to say no to those. Dude, there was shows, this one. But... There was this one show I did. I never go out out to QED because it really does take like an hour and fifteen minutes to get home from there, like an hour and a half. <laughs> There's a camera. Um... <laughs> yeah, but it's um, not uh, audio. Exactly. Um, but like, I'm there was this one show. Audio there was this one show of a. I like it was it was co-hosts, and I like one of the guys. I'd met him before, and at a show. What were the names? Nice. And which was the guy um, you like? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but like, but like, I did the show, and it was fun. And I was like, the train was fucked. I showed up like really late, and I like I was like the last one on, and they whatever like two people canceled, so they let me go really long. And it was like a really fun show. And then immediately right afterwards, the guy was like. Hey, so fucking like, I don't know, like, uh, you know, I didn't like that shit or that shit, but uh, I will say, like, if you know, if you have any shows, like, I would fucking love to come out and do them. And I'm like, just immediately, I'm like, what? I do- one, 
you weren't the friend, like you weren't the friend who I came, who, who booked me, and mm. I don't know you. I, you haven't even said hello to What's me yet. What's his first name? <laughs> <laughs> and the sad part is, I actually can't remember his first name, but I yeah, see his face him. in my in and, my and memory. And wait, so how did you feel in that moment? Were you just like still trying to like please him a little bit, or was this I mean, already I at did, a moment where I mean, I I mean, I was I was like halfway there where I was like I was like, oh for sure, man, just like hit me up. But, but in I your mind, you immediately you go talk never... to somebody else. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, that's good because there was a there would be a point in my life where I would talk to somebody like that and I would be like trying to get them to like me and be like oh yeah you know a big yeah. thing for me is I always thought everybody was joking all the time mm-hmm. no matter what so people would say mean things to me and I would laugh them off because I'm like well they're joking and honestly if you ask them they'd be like yeah I was joking but they were just really being mean and if you had a problem with it yeah. Then they were joking, kind of thing. Yeah, um, I have a lot of friend groups. It wasn't actually funny. Me. It was just a really, really mean thing. And yeah. but I would just laugh it off. And that's I think when people loved me maybe the most is because like then even mean people were like, this guy, this guy's great. He just laughs at everything I say. And I'm just like, I just assumed they were joking the whole time. Yeah. So there was a moment in my life where in that situation you were in, I would just been like, yeah, man, you know, I don't know, like, um, you know, just really trying to get them to like me. And now I'm at the point where um, I would just. Uh, probably walk away mid <laughs> mid conversation at some point where I got As you should. Uh, bored or angry. And I did see this comic uh a year later at someone's birthday party and that was the first thing they brought up aside from, <laughs> aside from how are you doing. They sound horrible they sound and I horrible. cannot wait for you to tell me yeah. who it is. And I did I did leave the conversation in 2 seconds. Um that What does their name rhyme with? <laughs> Gas bowl. Um <laughs> Really? Yes. We're gonna move on to the last question. <laughs> last and I, question. And I, and I think, and I think this actually, uh, this actually goes with what we were just talking about. Um, and I did not write this one. <laughs> <laughs> I don't believe you. Um, I have a hard time making good friends. <laughs> oh, I'm constantly oh. making friends and establishing connections, but they never seem to develop. What could I be doing wrong? I would love to talk to this person and I feel like I am, (laughs) (laughs) but, uh, there's so many questions that it would be like, you know, what do do you think, Joey? You first. Um, I think personally as my good friend, if I just, uh, thank you, man. Uh, I think if, uh, so here's when I first moved here, um, I think my very first thing that I did, uh, because I, I do happen to become friends with like with girls a lot quicker. Uh, I have like most of my friends uh, in comedy are girls. Uh, in college, I like my friend group was a bunch of girls. Um, I was like always hungry for like a really good like guy best friend. Mm-hmm. So there would be like a guy who was just like fucking cool. Like we'd hang out once, and I'd be like, "We need to hang out all the fucking time," um, or like you know. Well, that doesn't sound like a good way to do it. To be like, <laughs> no. now we have to hang out from zero to a hundred. We're best friends now. Immediately after one and a half conversations, it wouldn't, it wouldn't be like that's that, probably not. A but good I way. would have the end goal in mind of like, oh, this guy and I are gonna be great fucking friends, and like. You know, in college, uh, there there would be like a couple people. I did end up uh, with one, like my best friend Liam, who like we did fucking everything together, and his girlfriend is one of my best friends. But like before that, like I did want to branch out out of like the the drama department and like just have some friends who weren't in there. And like if there were like if there was like a dude who I met at like a one of the fashion kids parties, I'd be like, let's fucking try to hang out. 
Um, and like when try you try like, to hang out, let's like try to hang out. I hit him up and we like, you know, try to meet up for drinks or something like that. And like, try again, try it's, um, That's, well, okay. You know, it's just like once you hang out with someone once and you realize, I think when you try to force a friendship, just because you like who someone is, if you genuinely don't have that that spark where like you actually like want to hang out and and you care about what they think or and you mm-hmm. want to talk about shit if you're forcing it it's not going to be a good friendship it's yeah it's just you might just it, does, be an it also doesn't make yeah some, sometimes you can get along swimmingly with people but yeah you're just gonna be you just can't hang out like that and whenever you see them you have a good time but i mean for me i feel like you know you just ask them to hang out yeah. Like, I feel like asking people to hang out is kind of like going on, like, a friend date, you yeah. know? Like, being like, I, I have a let's, see how, let's see how much fun we have here, and then if it goes well, then hang out again. And yeah. then, like, for, for me, I'm somebody who I'm a little bit more, se- not selective, but, like, it takes time for me to kind of get comfortable around people and really yeah. warm up to them. Like, I feel like we just became really good friends during this podcast. Yeah. And we've hung out, like, a lot, and, like, uh, no, but, like... Yeah, for for me, I'm I'm somebody who it just takes a lot of time, mm-hmm. and then just like before you know it, you just become really good friends well, because you, you just it, try you to keep hanging every out. Day. And, yeah, for, I mean, in this particular field, it's impossible because you're just meeting so many people. Yeah, or, and it's impossible for that reason, but it's also easy for that reason because you have like so many people that you could like kind of yeah. hang out with, and then but if you just try with certain to people, it just out. clicks. And yeah, sometimes you need like for me, I need somebody who's like kind of like down to like hanging out hang out sporadically mm-hmm. and other people need people who set a date like set a time like be like yeah. this is when we're hanging out period and for me i'm like i need to be a little bit more flexible than yeah. that and so you just need somebody who's like oh yeah sure like right now i'll, I'll hang out or something like that yeah um, um what were you gonna say there's a follow-up question no i was gonna say it's like if like if you tried like with i was like specifically with this field like aside from college like in in comedy when i'm like when i was starting out and uh, in the city and like doing mics and shit all the time and like doing a show where I realize like I'm like I'm not friends really with anybody else in the lineup but like I'm hanging out in the back because I'm here and that that kind of felt lonely so like anybody who was nice to me I'd be like oh I have a friend uh-huh. in comedy and like there's just there's been like a lot of comedians who I would try, like, I would try my best to, like, foster that friendship into something, and it did take time before I realized, like, some of those people were less because you actually like that person. For sure. You just didn't want to be alone at all of these things you had to go to, (laughs) you know? And then there's other people who I'm like, we do click in a way where when we're in the same room, if we, like, are hanging at the same show or we end up at the same party or something, we can talk and it's fun and whatever, but we just can't hang out like that. For like, sure. Like, where I could just, like, hit them up and go get fucking food. Like, there's a lot of people I can't do that with, but I tried that out. Yeah. And I think, um, like, my, my follow-up question that I thought of for this is, like, if I think you need to question, like, when you say it's not happening is it like you're putting yourself out there and these people aren't hitting you back or are you just not recognizing that you don't have these connections with people yeah you know like it's not like it's not like my guess my guess would be that they sometimes ask people out and take it very personally whenever they don't make that really good friendship yeah um that would be my guess yeah. Uh, on this person who I have 
no idea who they are. It's just an <laughs> absolute blind guess. Um, but I think I bet it's a lot in their own head. And I'm somebody who I'm like, sometimes I worry that I don't have enough good friends. But then I'm like, I kind of think about it. And if I need, I don't know, how many fucking good friends do you need or have or whatever you know like i have i have i have two my mom and my dad and (laughs) that's that's fine for me um yeah i really don't even think i have like (sighs) i feel like everybody kind of feels like they don't have like a per like everybody feels like they should have more best friends like close friends that they're doing everything with all the time dude you know what movie was supposed to be a comedy and ended up being such a sad experience for me was the movie tag Oh really? Because I was watching it, and it's a you know it's based on a real thing, and I was like, I'm so fucking jealous of these guys who they're like a tight knit group who at least once a year they get together and they, like they are fucking buds like that, and I do have that. I have friends from high school who. I mean, they all happen to be people who uh, uh, one like build stages. His name is Eric. He like he like built Taylor Swift stage when she went on tour. He, like does that. I have another friend out in LA. Like people who like are trying to do this thing. Uh, we all went to the same program, and we've we all were close friends. They were the seniors who I ended up hanging out with, and then my mm-hmm. buddy uh, uh, Jesse, who was in my grade. Uh, we're all close, um, but. I mean, months go by where I don't talk to any of them. But when we do hang out, it's straight up like no fucking time has passed. Yeah. Um, but I but, do think during those four months we don't talk. I'm like, damn, I have nobody. You know? Right. Well, for me, my best friend, Jesus, he just moved here about a year ago. Yeah. And, you know, whenever I was, like, kind of floating around Texas, he was in Austin right after high school. So mm-hmm. we we didn't talk for, like, months at a time. It was the exact same thing. And then we would hang out, and then it would be, like, no time has passed. And now he moved here, and he's living here. And we hang out a lot. Yeah. Um, but even if we didn't, I know it would be kind of the same because he's it's just fine. somebody who I'm like, he's my best friend who I'm going to keep hanging out with probably for the rest of my life until yeah. he dies. Yeah. <laughs> Not till I die. <laughs> until he dies. Um, till he's, till, he's, till he's going uh, first. Uh, violently murdered. Um, <laughs> but and I don't yeah, know I, I mean, who's going to do it. I, I, I understand the stress of it because sometimes I, I feel like that. But I also have to kind of remember that a lot of people feel very similar and sometimes you just like meet people later, you know. It's like some people meet their high school sweetheart, and they get married, and they're together till you know the, uh, they die. They die yeah. uh, by, by being violently murdered. <laughs> and other people <laughs> don't find someone until they're you know like are already established in their careers, and they're in their thirties, and they're figuring yeah. things out. It's like there's just uh, you just find different people at different times, and all that matter. The one thing that does matter is that when you do find somebody who you're like, I actually like this person and I want to keep being really good friends with them, is to keep keep trying. Yeah. And not just like let it be like, oh, I don't really want to hang out today, so I'm not going to hang out. Like to, to make an effort to keep trying yeah. to hang out with those people. And like if, if you're like, oh, there's like someone from like high school or from college that I haven't reached out to in a while, just like send send a text. If, you're feeling, a if you're feeling like that, just send reach out a little bit and then even if nothing comes from that like i reached out to some of my high school best friends like a couple months ago because i was feeling like maybe i'm a shitty person maybe i don't have enough friends and we talked for that time and i haven't talked to them since but i feel like i'm a great person <laughs> yeah <'cause> <laughs> you, you know like it. yeah it's you know man everybody's I, everybody's finding their own people at different times and i just i think i think the thing is that everybody takes everything personally 
that's a lot of people take a lot of things. Yeah. Personally, so and movies and TV shows tell you it's like you're always supposed to be having incredibly witty banter with all of your friends all the time, yeah, you know, twenty four seven. I still fall. Uh, I stood. I still fall victim to that yeah. all the time. I think I have to like. But if you think about it, it's like if you watch like a TV show, it's like what they're really only hanging out once a week for twenty two minutes plus commercials. So yeah. they're not even that good friends, you know. And they're just staying in the green room for the <laughs> yeah. rest of the six days. And they're all sitting there, kind of like pointed the same way to camera, you know. Yeah. And they're all at Central Perk all. The time crazy. Um, I don't know. Hey, um, I guess the other piece of advice is like in a year, if you don't develop a, a good friend, kill yourself. We, um, uh, <laughs> we know what did I miss? Don't something say that, um, you can uh, tell you what. Hey, uh, I wrote writing the question. the question, be Joey's friend, just send me an email. It's my name, Joey Gmail. will be your friend. Um, he, in one year, if you don't have any friends before you do whatever Joey's suggestion is, try to become friends with him, yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I want to say one last thing for this person is, uh, if you're, if you're, if you're really feeling like you don't have like really good friends, whatever work you do, like whatever you do for work, just be really fucking good at it. And that'll feel like a relationship <laughs> in itself. And, uh, you won't feel alone. I feel seen. <laughs> oh. Uh-oh. Life in the corner being read like a book. Um, that's fun, man. Hey, you know. I think any kind of relationship is relationship, and that's why me and my bed have been dating for three years. Um, I like to bomb right at the end of my podcast. <laughs> I wanted to let it sit before I made any noise whatsoever. <laughs> um, you see right there? Thought I had to say something funny. Couldn't just be honest. Um, look at that. Hey, I hope we really changed three fucking lives at minimum today. <laughs> I don't know if we did. The reason I like doing yeah. this is because, I mean, you know, a lot of, you know, pe- we're funny people, but I think there's also something to be said about being fucking open and honest, man. How long did we record for? Hour and 20. Hour How and much 20. of that do you think is usable? <laughs> Dealer's choice. <laughs> Joey, um, what, do you, what parts do you think you're going to edit out? Um... Starting about 30 seconds into the rest. <laughs> um, well, listen to it, man. I liked it. I liked it. I man. feel good. As long as as long as you feel good, I feel good. Man, I feel good. Sometimes, you I know, got, I'm trying to be less in my head about like, like, I don't want to like leave here and go to bed, you know, at fucking 5 a.m. And be thinking about like, oh, did I say some dumb stuff? Like, is somebody going to hear that and think I'm dumb and, or not cool? It goes back yeah. to what we were saying. Um, but I'm trying to be better about being like, fuck it. I'm. This is just how I talk, and whoever's listening to this, um, I hope, I hope to God they like me. <laughs> hey, with that being said, fuck them. Ladies and gentlemen, tune in next week to help. I'm a hypocrite. Peace! I like to blow your speaker right there at the end. <laughs>